Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode. It's me, Breed, and I'm bringing you a, an interview today. It's a client chat, hence in the podcast episode title, CC. So from now on, heads up, I'm abbreviating client chat to CC just to save some space in the episode title. So we got a client chat with Alex. It's the first time I'm having on board someone who's done the 30-day reboot. So we're hearing that perspective, which is going to be super interesting and helpful for anyone who's on the fence or is sort of, sort of making that decision. Do I want to do the 30-day? What's it like? Here we go. Here, you're going to hear from Alex, her story, what it's really like from the source, from the perspective of someone who's doing it and not just always hearing from me, who's obviously biased because I made it. <laughs> so it's a really exciting conversation. It's her sharing her story, which is always helpful to hear. I'm sure you're going to resonate with something in it. She's going to share her story. We're going to talk about the experience in the course, what life looks like for her now, and so much more in between. So without further ado, let's just hop straight in to this conversation. Here we go. Let's welcome Alex in three, two, one. Hey, Alex. Welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you here because you're my very first person who's done the 30-day reboot, who's come on the show to share their experience. So that's super, super cool. Thank you so much for coming and joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. Really excited to get to talk to you today. <laughs> yeah. So how about you just give us a little bit of an intro on who you are? Sure. Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm Alex. I'm 27 years old and I'm from Martinsville, Saskatchewan in Canada. And I'm a microbiologist and I have some hobbies like making wedding cakes and running. And I have a miniature schnauzer named Gunner who hopefully stays quiet during all of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's always my like prayer before the podcast is I have two dogs and I'm just like, oh, they please just save it for like an hour. <laughs> yeah, he's sleeping right now, so we should be good. Cool. So um, usually I like to do the quick fire questions just to warm us up and let people know a bit more about you, just random things as well. Ready? Sure. Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> so sea or snow? Sea. Yeah? Yeah. I, I was mean, thinking because like Canada I was like, oh, she's probably going to say snow. <laughs> A lot of people who live here are like, oh, I love winter, and I'm definitely a warm weather person. This mm -hmm. is, I mean, it's minus 25 today, so going outside really hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. Um, favorite place that you have traveled to, and then favorite, or like dream destination? Um, favorite place is probably the Dominican Republic. We did like a big family trip a few years ago, and it was a blast. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get to Australia at some point give that a go yeah but, that would be awesome you know, with, with COVID it's a little sad right now it is it is it's killing me I'm just like <laughs> oh I, I have all these travel plans and goals and I'm like this is just delayed everything by a year yeah definitely yeah <laughs> um 
childhood crush oh my gosh like famous person yeah yeah <laughs> oh I loved Taylor Lautner from like the Twilight <laughs> series he was I had posters all over my walls he was my dream man <laughs> that's so funny I love it like people were either or like Edward or whatever yeah what's his name yeah. in the movie uh, um like Edward yeah I know um Taylor oh, oh my god I can't <laughs> that's so weird team Edward or team something Jacob Jacob uh, yeah that's it <laughs> cool uh how about last meal on earth oh man pad thai that's cool <laughs> there's a great place here in Saskatoon it's my favorite so that would be I it. love a good pad thai mm-hmm. and okay the last question is kind of obvious dogs or cats <laughs> dogs yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's an easy one (laughs) for sure okay so a little bit Lisa more warmed up let's jump in straight into the deep end rewind back before you did the 30-day reboot and just share with us what your food and body journey has been like from the start up until the point you were like I need to do this course yeah for sure um I guess like for the most part I had no real notable food and body issues until like adulthood I had a really great childhood um really minor like things I didn't like about my body but never to the point where I would take action to like do anything about it um when I graduated high school I had to move to the big city and I actually moved in with my high school sweetheart we were together for a couple years and kind of outgrew each other and broke up and at that point Um, I had really turned to food for comfort and kind of like masking emotions. And so over a span of like six months, I gained 30 pounds and I don't remember like identifying it as an issue at a time. It just kind of was what happened. And, um, then I kind of got into a new relationship. I was super happy, super in love. And the weight just like melted off. I think like kind of my state of mind and my happiness and not being as bored in the evenings and stuff like that put a mask on it and so we were together for a couple of years um near the end of that relationship like kind of during the summer I went on the keto diet for like no reason I can remember <laughs> um and I I did really well with it like I was super committed and I was kind of getting happier with the way my body was looking and then that fall Um, me and my boyfriend at the time broke up and he actually dumped me and it was really devastating and blindsiding and I didn't see it coming. So it completely rocked my world. And I had a rough couple weeks. And then after that time, I turned to food again and really took comfort in it and used it as I needed to. And I remember like telling myself over and over again, like, I don't want to be that girl who gains weight after a breakup, like again, because it happened before. And so kind of to counteract that, I started running, which I think there were good intentions behind it, but also kind of this, like, I need to lose weight or I need to um, balance out all these calories I'm eating by running. And so I actually trained to run a marathon, which was like huge amounts of training runs and hours at a time and stuff like that. And so um, I kind of had both things going on for about a year. It was overeating 
overtraining, getting injured, overeating because I was injured, overeating because my feelings were hurt. I was still really sad about the breakup. And it got really tough in the summer because our family has a cabin. So we'd be out at the lake and it's bathing suit weather, shorts and stuff like that. So I would restrict all week and then go to the cabin, have a great time, come back to the city and then binge really hard. So kind of when fall came around with lake season ending, like it's definitely my happy place. Um, weather getting colder, work slowing down because of COVID and running injuries. I just kind of got to a point where I was like, this is a little bit out of control and I need to kind of do something about it at this mm -hmm. point. So, and then I came across 30 day reboot. So <laughs> thanks for sharing the story. I, yeah. I think literally so many people can relate to that. I was just the whole way through, I was like, oh my God, there's so many things I want to pick up on because I also went through such similar things as well. Like yeah. for me as well, running was something I took on with good intentions. And at the same time, like I was also training for a marathon and half marathons and stuff and insane amounts of running. And it almost, it almost sometimes is used to even justify the binge because you're like, well, I need energy to run or, oh, I've yes. already run like, however many tens of miles like I can just have whatever and it's just it makes like this huge like these extremes of like extreme exercise and then extreme food yeah, yeah for absolutely. sure well I'm glad you found the 30-day reboot at that time perfect timing it's like when things are slowing down at work you had the time to do it that's awesome yeah um, there's there's definitely obviously a bit of a pattern of like love and breakups in your story which I think that's the part like most people a lot of people could relate to so similar for me I went through like years of these toxic relationships like flings and relationships and stuff and every time it, it just like was so uh, controlled my emotions and how I felt about myself so much therefore I went to food and even the part that you even said about being with someone or in some sort of relationship even just taking away the boredom in the evenings I was like oh my god totally. never thought about that before but it's so true so true yeah speaking of like the breakups and the love why do you feel like falling in love helped you and what do you feel like it was about the breakups that also made things worse each time yeah I mean it's I think like we had talked about it too like how love is healing and mm -hmm. um it's it's kind of like you just become so happy and enthralled and your resting state is so much more at peace and there's no anxiety and you're not wondering about being in a relationship or anything like that and it's a really good distraction honestly and so I think that that was kind of the main reason that it stopped that weight gain or helped with the weight loss in mm -hmm. the past um, definitely like I'm in a new relationship and just spending time with him has helped a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a very different kind of support though. Like he knows about everything that's going on that's and amazing. kind of checks in and makes sure that things are going good and stuff like that. And he's also like a really easy to mirror person because he doesn't mm -hmm. have any food or body issues. So he's so good. <laughs> someone I can kind of watch and, yeah. and relearn all the things that I forgot over time. So yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, totally agree. Same with me. Like the falling in love 
period I'm sure for everyone it's just such a distraction you're in such a state of like joy and like as you say peace even the resting state it's just the new baseline is higher it's it's amazing and I think like you you said uh before we spoke before we, before we started recording but like you heard me in someone else's podcast talking about that and it's so true that love can be so healing and I it helped me so much that at one point I was feeling guilty. I was like, is this like cheating the system that I've I've now stopped binging and like my life is so much better. Um, like my whole food and body relationship is so much better. And I'm like, oh, but if he dumped me, like if I lost him, would it all go back to how it was? And that's something I, I definitely have thought about a lot. I'm like, am I at a stronger place now? And I think in the last like six months I've purposely done so much extra work to myself to like make sure I'm so fortified that I don't need him anymore and I honestly think just that now it's been such a habit of not binging and like not doing any of those negative habits around food that it's just like so ingrained back in me now thank goodness but on the other hand, I think there's also nothing wrong with using love as like a tool to heal because we just are such social creatures and it's like, yeah, you can do it on your own, but there's also nothing wrong with leaning on someone to get that support like you are with your boyfriend right now. It's like, why not? We have someone, it's like, you could, it could be your boyfriend or it could be a mother. It could be like someone else helping you like me as like someone's coach or something. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's the beauty of having other people. Yeah. And like, there's definitely a lot of resistance in that I find because Mm -hmm. I know it worked last time, but then I fell back into the same pattern. So the whole time I've been like pushing away a little bit, like I don't want to rely on him Mm -hmm. for, you know, my health and all of that stuff. So once I heard your podcast, I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) maybe I can let go a little bit and just kind of like welcome it in and see Mm -hmm. how it helps. And it's, I mean, it's been huge. So yeah, that's amazing. So what, I guess, what made you then decide the 30 day reboot specifically? And what were your expectations of it? I had... I mean, kind of like a realization in the fall, I had never really put a name to what I was doing the whole time I was doing it. It was just happening. And I was like, well, this sucks. But I didn't know that there was like binge eating disorder. And I kind of like every now and again, I would purge as well. So I was kind of like, is it bulimia? Mm -hmm. Or like, what's going on? And so as soon as I kind of sat down and put a name to it, I booked a therapy session right away. Mm -hmm. I had done therapy in the past, but I stopped doing it with I mean, being in a relationship and then somehow a year went by and mm-hmm. I was like, maybe I need to go back. And she was really great. She like, she specialized in um, eating disorders. So mm-hmm. she helped out a lot, but then she was heading off on mat leave right away. Right. So I was kind of like, oh, what should I do? Should I find another therapist? And then I've been really diving into Instagram reels lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your reels are like the best. They're so funny, but like so real. And it's usually a really dark thing to talk about eating disorders and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But the way you brought comedy in, I was like, oh, this is my kind of girl. Like I can get get behind this. And so it was kind of like, I reached out and we talked and Mm -hmm. decided if it would be good for me. And, And when we did, I was like, well, 
then I'll go for it. And really like price-wise, it was super comparable to therapy and mm-hmm. I could justify it that way. And so right before starting, I went through some of your highlights and read reviews that people mm-hmm. had left and the things that people were saying about the course were incredible. And I had super high expectations going in because I was like, these people are saying these things. It's going to go so well. I'm going to be healed. It's going to be great. (laughs) So that's kind of where my head was at going in. That's so cool that you like, because obviously I never know if people like look at highlights and stuff. I'm like hoping they do. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely. And I mean, like you post enough as well that like even just by following you, I was seeing some testimonials on your stories. And um, people just seemed super impressed and successful coming out of the course. So yeah, it is pretty cool to see the success stories because I'm not super involved in the 30 day, like obviously in the DMs, you can DM me as much, but like, I'm not following people's journeys like I am with like one-to-one or group coaching. So it's always so cool to see the feedback. I'm like, wow it's so cool because it's it's like literally the same stuff I go through in group and one-to-one but it's just self-guided so it's just really cool to see that and like hear that feedback yeah yeah for sure no and it was awesome too having it be like um kind of an open platform like where mm -hmm. it didn't you know I wasn't signed up for a course and super committed to something it was like well if I don't really get a good vibe from it the first couple days I can stop and so true so true yeah so on a practical level describe for people who are maybe thinking about doing it what it's like to do a 30 day and things like how much time did you put into it what's the content like I mean I I looked forward to it every day I absolutely loved like dedicating a little bit of time to me kind of lighting candles setting the mood Mm -hmm. sitting down and I did it in the evening I know a lot of the exercises kind of seemed more relevant to do in the morning but I Mm -hmm. loved doing it at the end of the day and because evenings were the time where I would usually binge it was nice to have something to kind of sit down and be like okay this is the time I would do that so I'm going to be mindful about it Mm -hmm. do my daily work and then decide from there if I still want to binge which was a great strategy for me so it was a really nice mix of like the readings and the audio practices and the daily tasks. The readings were so educational. I learned mm-hmm. so much about um, like the eating disorder itself and why it happens and kind of what protectors and things that we mm-hmm. use and all of the deep emotional stuff. And I talked to you a lot about the audio tasks because they were so awesome for me. I'd never been one to meditate in the mm-hmm. past. But the way you kind of like taught us how to meditate and um, your guided meditations were so great. I always had like revelations. <laughs> I love from that. Them. And I'd like journal afterwards and be like, holy crap, all of this stuff is coming up that I never would have been able to acknowledge if I hadn't sat down and just listened to myself. Mm-hmm. And then the daily tasks were great. Like it was kind of something that I had to do every day. And I love having like goals and little like short-term successes. So those were awesome. And being able to access your advice in the DMs and kind of when things got low, I could reach out. And and so, yeah, it was like a really well-rounded course. I was super happy with the format and the learning platform was easy to Mm -hmm. use. And yeah, it, it was it was great. I have no complaints. 
<laughs> love that. Yeah, I love doing those kind of audio meditations. So I do it all the time live with one-to-one -one clients and group coaching as well. And uh, I find like when I do it myself as well, but other people always say like, oh my God, I had this revelation. This I, I never even thought of it. And it's just all coming back to me. And I'm realizing like why I do that and what this means. And it's so interesting because you just don't ever sit down and take the time to just explore things within yourself. Right. Yeah. So cool. Life is so go, go, go. And you're mm -hmm. always on to the next thing. So really just slowing down and sitting with my emotions was such a huge change compared to everything I was doing throughout the whole year. Like it wasn't a distraction. It was embracing, you know, just being with yourself and trying to uncover what the deep rooted issues were. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Definitely. those were, those were the hugest um, aspect of the course for me, for sure. Oh, amazing. Amazing. I don't know if I've told you yet. I don't think I have. I haven't announced it, but I guess I'm announcing it here that I'm like <laughs> revamping the 30 days to like improving, like iterating on feedback I've had and like making it even better. So that's okay. going to be going live probably like in a month or two. And um, there's going to be more audio meditations. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's great. So that'll be really cool. And for you or like anyone who's listening is on the 30 and they're like, why don't, why can't I have it? They're all, you're all going to have it for free anyway, because you've obviously like already paid, but just going to get the improved, new and improved version. But um, yeah, there's going to be like tons more audio visualization oh, and stuff like that. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I think that that just like brings it to the next level for sure. Yeah, totally. So growth wise, what was a 30 day reboot like? It was huge for me. I mean, like I, I learned so much about myself, about listening to my body really like tuning into everything that was going on inside. I feel like with the eating disorder itself, it, everything feels so external. Like you're mm -hmm. eating a lot, you're making, you're feeling sick, making yourself sick, all of these things that like, you're trying to fix an external problem when in reality it was so much internal so issues. True. So true. And so I, that was like a really big thing just to learn that I need to focus on a completely different side of things to eventually get better. Um, another thing was like the shame and guilt when I started, like nobody knew what was mm -hmm. going on. It was so secretive. Um, like I tell my family everything, but it was something that I just like couldn't get out. Yeah. And so after doing the course, just kind of realizing that like, I'm not alone, it's not my fault. All of these things made it easier to tell people so like I told my boyfriend and I told my older sister which is huge because now there's a little bit of accountability with them and not only that just like a community like knowing mm -hmm. that someone knows and they can understand and support me kind of in that way and then the last thing that's kind of really cool to look at is like I said I, I journaled every day along with the course and so I would usually journal during whatever um tasks were in the course mm -hmm. and then afterwards just to say like or kind of look inside and see how I feel and and what's going on internally so when I was kind of prepping for talking to you today mm -hmm. I was looking back in my journal on like day one day two the very beginning parts and it was just amazing to see like how much I've grown how much more I know how wow. comfortable I am and you know working on self-love and all of that um all of those components have just been huge so very much 
personal growth <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah that's super cool you had like the journal to look back in totally yeah yeah and I so agree with we, we like focus so much on the external like for me it was the weight I was like it's the weight like just lose the weight it's all gonna be fine I'll just go back to normal and just like same with you just I was so focused on the external and never like I hardly ever looked at the internal I literally for years thought just the weight was the problem which is now when I look back I'm like what it was so obvious what was the problem yeah definitely it's it becomes so consuming too it's like the only thing you see because you look in the mirror every day or you put on your same clothes every day like you you see it and you feel it in your clothes and you're like well that's the problem like I can just fix that but you can't like you actually can't fix it without looking inside yeah so it was it was just such a huge realization for me and I mean like now kind of going back to being worried about um binging again if I ever break up or anything like Mm -hmm. that I look at it and I'm like well I know now I have tools I've learned so much and at least I'm aware of it that if like the worst does happen that I think I would have better coping skills to manage it this time around so true I was doing a like a mini coaching session with one of the women who was on like the coaching certification course they did so one of my like co-students or whatever we were doing like a coaching session together and one thing I was she was coaching me on was the fear of like oh what if things went backwards what if I slipped back and I started binging again or whatever and a huge realization was similar to what you just said like it's never going to go back to how it was. It might go back in some way, but never to that exact place because you know so much more now. And it's just literally impossible to ever go back to that exact place. Right. Which is so comforting for me. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is very relieving. Like even with all the things that have happened this year with like coping with COVID and stuff like that, like yeah. I know that that threw a lot of people off. And so I feel like, you know, as more difficult things come up because life is life, I should have the tools in place to at least not go back to where I was at the very beginning. So for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So empowering. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think also the, the part about releasing the shame and the guilt, so helpful. I mainly told my parents during the worst of my times and like, they were definitely there for me, but they didn't really get it, but it was still good to have them, but no one else knew. And it's been like, since starting my account and being so open and sharing it has helped me continue so much to just release the shame. Because if someone asked me today, like, so what do you do for work? I'm like, oh, okay. It actually took me a while to normalize saying what I do for work, because basically me saying like, oh, I help people stop binge eating and heal their food and butter relationship they obviously assume that you've experienced that too. And it's me basically saying to every single person who asks, what do you do? That I've struggled with that. Right. So now it's just had to become so normalized. Like, oh yeah, it's a thing I used to do that like it really sucked, but it, it like everyone has something in their life that like really sucks in some way that they learn, like get through. So that's, right. been, that's been quite interesting for me. It took a while. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a quote I heard before that it was like, you name it to tame it. Mm-hmm. And really like talking about it and saying that you have it or, you know, telling someone else really makes it less of a monster. So it true. Just brings it down to being a little bit more in context. So 
That might be a quote I'm going to steal. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> so, okay, back to the 30 day. What was the hardest part and what was the best part of the journey? I I have a, I mean, a few things for sure. Like with mm-hmm. the most difficult part, I really struggled with giving up the scale. Mm-hmm. That was something that I was doing like three to five times a day. It was so obsessive and yeah. it was such a huge part. Uh, like to the point where if I was going back to visit my parents for like a long period of time, mm-hmm. I would bring the scale. Mm-hmm. Or if I was going somewhere that I couldn't bring the scale, it was like such a point of anxiety. So when it came across in the course to, you know, think about getting rid of the scale, I cut down to doing it, like weighing myself every two days, every three days, every week. And I mean, I still have it in my house. Mm -hmm. It's still something that I like always want to do, Mm -hmm. but mentally I know that there's no good in it for me. Like if the number is too low, that's bad. If the number is too high, that's bad. Like there is actually no winning. So that was a really difficult part for sure. Um, the other one that I think I had reached out to you a couple times about was the food habituation tasks. Mm-hmm. I struggled with those so hard. And I know like they were super necessary because I mean, looking back now and being able to have some things in my house that I never would have dreamed of having before yeah. really show that I, I did make progress with going through those tasks. But mm-hmm. at the time I was like, oh my God, no, like, <laughs> I would go out and buy a binge food and bring it here. And I do so good for one day and then I would fall off and then, you know, feel so down and like mm-hmm. I'm failing, but it's just, it's such a process. And like my therapist always says, like, it's not linear, you're going to fall down. Yeah. But as long as generally your growth is, is going up, then you're doing a good enough job. So that yeah, was definitely that was a really tough one. And along with that, like just binging in general throughout the course mm-hmm. was hard. But at the same time, I was more aware of it and able to kind of stop and be like, okay, let's be curious about this. Why is it yeah. happening? And stuff like that. So really like all of the difficult things that I went through in the course were certainly valuable learning experiences. Yeah. But it doesn't make it any easier. (laughs) Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30 day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today 30 days of content, so each day you get new content in written form, video form, or audio, just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones, so it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well, and we have a Facebook group so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode.
I think the scale part, I remember you DMing me about that. And to hear you say that you go from five times a day to like once a week or whatever it is at this point, that's so huge. Such a difference. I think we always put so much pressure on ourselves to be like, cold turkey, not going to do this. Because the, the whole like all or nothing mindset in the whole binge space, anyway, like last binge I'm ever having, last time I'm having this. It's so all or nothing. And then we just try to do that in healing as well. But I've seen it time and time again, just almost like the smallest steps you can make ends up being better than just like, let me take one huge leap and then probably fail and feel terrible about myself. Right. And then that's the thing too, like getting you know, waiting more and more days between weighing myself was like a victory. So mm. it was like something I could celebrate and be like, oh, there, here's something tangible that like I was successful in, yeah. which really balanced out nicely with like some of the more difficult parts of the course. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Food habituation is a tough one. Is. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the beast for me. But I mean, like I said, looking back, very necessary. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's definitely one with one-to-one clients they, they always say it's very tough and it's trying and you definitely need the persistence and for sure like as you dm'd me like to get that support and that reassurance that it's okay like you're on the right path things are, there are going to be you know bumps in the road I think it's so helpful to have that person just there to say that as well so totally. anyone who's listening is on the 30 day or is going to do it you can dm me anytime <laughs> I feel like I, I always tell people when they join the course, like, oh, you can DM me as much as you want. But I feel like maybe people don't realize that I really mean it. Like, you can bug me as much as you want and just be like, I tried food habituation and I sucked the first time I did it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's totally a thing. Like, when you first said it, I was like, oh, yeah, sure. She's got to be busy and like, I'm not going to get a reply. And then your replies were always so like, huge like your voice recordings and it was like oh wait she actually cares like I can reach out and then as it goes on you know like I felt less and less guilty and just having that open dialogue was so helpful for me yeah yeah super cool um and how about the best part of the course yes right (laughs) (laughs) um well I mean the like I said the scale victories were huge like Mm -hmm. spacing out the amount of time um on the same day of the course that it suggested getting rid of the scale it suggested um deleting my fitness pal or any Mm -hmm. like calorie tracking apps I have been such a slave to my fitness pal for so long like yeah I did it the first time I gained a bunch of weight after my first breakup and then dove back into it like as soon as I started noticing I was gaining weight after my second breakup and so like I have like six or seven years of data on that thing and it it was so like I didn't miss a day for the whole year I was doing it wow. this past time around and it was definitely like these low calorie goals like all centered around restricting mm-hmm. not having the foods I wanted which was just feeding into it so much more yeah so my fitness pal deleting that off my phone and I I mean I haven't had it for over a month now wow. and it's so freeing like just completely <laughs> ignoring calories even on containers like I try not to look and try Mm -hmm. not to calculate in my head what's going on and so that was such a huge piece of the puzzle for me and really led to more success near the end and then the other best part I mean I feel like a broken record but I loved the meditations (laughs) (laughs) like that's and it's it's something that like I still go back and do them Mm -hmm. some of the ones that were kind of you know, you'd have to focus on one thing, I'll go back and do like the next thing that I 
I want to focus on. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, those were, those were huge for just kind of like letting go of all of the emotional baggage that was contributing to Mm -hmm. everything I was doing. So yeah, that was certainly my favorite part. So cool. Yeah. I think the emotional part sometimes gets overlooked because it's, there's a very obvious tangible, like you're not eating enough in the day and you're not doing this, which is so important, but the emotional side kind of gets in my head. This is what I imagine. It's like some people stick to the whole like restriction thing and trying to get you to not restrict physically and mentally. And then there's other people like say like therapists who like do the more emotional side. So then there's, it's rare to have someone do all three, like trying to get you to tackle all three at the same time, which is so important. Right. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It was like kind of, I want to say multidisciplinary. I don't know if that's the right word, but it was like all three facets were so huge in like kind of creating this like major growth over. I mean, I look back and I'm like, that was only a month. Like how did (laughs) all of this change happen in like 30 days? It's, It's so crazy how profound my growth was throughout all of it. So that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's just 30 days, but it's also 30 days. Yeah, like, it is. A lot can happen 30 days. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. So tell us then, what does life look like for you now? Uh, very different than 30 days ago, for sure. Um, I mean, the stress around food is just so diminished. Like I, Like I said, with not counting calories, it's just listening to my body. Do I want pasta today? Like, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And and kind of just honoring what it's telling me. If I want to eat cookie dough as a snack, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was just so, I mean, the change between when I started and, and being here is huge. Um, freedom with like getting groceries, freedom with mm-hmm. meal time, like not feeling guilty about what I'm eating. Um, the other thing is kind of deciding to stop the marathon training I had like a couple injuries after the marathon so it was really hard to continue to run but also realizing that like that was an issue and I should be working out because it feels good for my body or because it's fun and I'm doing bar workouts right now and I turn it on and I'm like smiling and dancing around like it's it's fun to do it's not something I dread and it's also a significant less amount of time than yes. doing like a two hour three hour run so that those were like the biggest differences I also have so many tools now like if I feel like I'm going to binge I have a checklist of like other things I can do or mm-hmm. be aware that I should go and sit and like kind of think about what's going on um I haven't binged in about two weeks no that's huge <laughs> it yeah it's definitely the longest stretch probably since I started Um, and it's just been like something that's not even on my mind like I'll be sitting in the evening it'll be time to go for bed and I'll be like whoa I didn't even think about binging tonight like holy crap so that was really cool to kind of experience and I know like two weeks isn't a super long time but I feel like moving forward I'm like in this routine right now or like the set you know um kind of like having these other options and things to do and I feel like binging that I'm not worried that I'm going to binge 
Like it's not something that I'm scared about, but also I'm allowing myself to have the foods that I was restricting. And so there's so much less of a chance that I will anyway. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, obviously more happy because of all (laughs) of these things. I feel so much less stress and anxiety. I'm happy. I feel like I'm more present in my relationships, um, more at touch with who I am. Uh, trying to live like a better version of myself like actually doing the things and thinking the thoughts of somebody Mm -hmm. who's over a binge eating disorder so it's been really amazing actually yeah I'm so happy like the the thing of not even thinking about binging like realizing the thought wasn't even there that's so cool yes it's like if I would have told myself six months ago that this is where I would be I wouldn't have believed it wow amazing I love how you're just like giving yourself the cookie dough as a snack (laughs) (laughs) it was like one of the worst things I would binge on I mean I'm such a sweet tooth I love like anything chocolate or or sweet and now Mm -hmm. I'm like no like you're allowed to have a snack and it's just like it's a small portion I don't feel shitty afterwards Mm -hmm. like it's I feel good after and I feel fulfilled and that's what my body wanted so that's what I'll give it and it's really just like so much more in tune with like what I want and and obviously what I need so amazing yeah it was only uh 20 minutes before we started recording that I went into um kind of like the dining room where my boyfriend works for now work from home life and um somebody had sent him a cupcake decorating kit so like they were doing like a com- like a Christmas party thing and they had like all of the, the like what do you call it where you know the bag with the icing in that you squeeze and the icing comes out yeah yeah called? like piping bags yes. Yeah. yes exactly so there were three piping bags and one was just chocolate and I was literally just like squeezing it <laughs> into my mouth <laughs> and I was like oh my god there would have been a time where I would have been terrified that that was even there I would have been wanting to like secretly just take it and binge on all three of the bags or something and like the cookie cupcakes so I was just I was like wow it's just another reminder how far I've come as well it's really cool. absolutely like the absence of guilt is huge yeah like just not having that at all and like being kind of like proud about it yeah. like proud about snacking on these bad things bad yes. quotations yeah. so yeah that's amazing I love it <laughs> And um, what would you say were, were, let's say, like three to five tools that you learned and applied through the course that have just been game changing for you? The biggest one, which I never really would have guessed, was eating three meals and three snacks a day, which seems so obvious to somebody who like (laughs) hasn't been through this. But it was one of the daily tasks in the 30 day reboot. And it was like, just try it, just see how you feel. And I had been kind of intermittent fasting for a really long time. So mm-hmm. if there was an evening where I didn't binge, I was so used to going to bed, like super hungry, like uncomfortably hungry. Mm-hmm. And so having the one day where I ate three meals and three snacks, I went to bed and I was like, oh, I feel good. Like I, I'm not hungry, but I'm not full. I'm just content. And then the couple days following that, I felt like, very low urges to binge and so I was like okay well that's the key for me obviously Mm -hmm. stopping the restricting which I mean went along really closely with deleting my fitness pal Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah so now it's just something that I focus on like I'll have 
three meals, three snacks in a day. And actually the last couple of days have been like, oh, I don't actually even feel the need to snack sometimes. Like if my meal was big enough and nourishing enough, it used to be like something I would plan out and be like, okay, now I have to snack. Right. (laughs) Now it's more like kind of trusting what I feel. And if I go a day and have one snack, that's okay. As long as I'm not restricting myself from having what I want. So that was a really big game changer. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's kind of where things shifted as well. Um, the other tools that I still use every day are the breath work and meditation. Mm -hmm. I have, I think it was one of the exercises of like learning to trust yourself. Mm -hmm. I set this goal that at least once a day after I walk my dog, I would come inside and just lay down and do breath work for five minutes. And it's like something I've been able to stick to and not even that it's like diving deep into emotions or anything like that it's just slowing down and like kind of coming back into my body and being like Mm -hmm. okay I'm here these are the things I need to do or whatever but just like kind of a a way to unplug and relax and slow down and then meditation along with that is Mm -hmm. still where I kind of do more emotional work and and digging into my inner self so and then probably the last one would be um mantras and positive self-talk so like I one thing that I really saw quite obviously with my marathon training was like the days that I would go out and say positive things to myself during a long run Mm -hmm. the long run was so much better and so much easier than when I would go out and say negative things to myself and so I was really into mantras while I was running Mm -hmm. so when this was suggested in the course I was like oh duh (laughs) if I tell myself these things over time I'll start to believe them over time it'll be like my inherent thoughts things that just come up naturally Mm -hmm. so those were I mean still something I do every day like I wake up in the morning I have three mantras that I say and then I throughout the day like look at myself and be like oh wow nice hair like I I mean, I'm also working, also working from home so things are weird socially I live alone yeah. <laughs> so it's good to just like talk sometimes during the day true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so those were definitely tools that like I still use and I think I can probably use mm-hmm. for a long time down the road that's so helpful that you shared that because I think all three of those are honestly the usually the ones that all my clients say as well or some mix of those three like I always ask when I finish working with someone like oh what were the top tools that helped definitely these three come up very often and it's funny the three meals three snacks thing obviously sounds so obvious to anyone like duh you gotta eat your food (laughs) but you get so sucked into the whole like restrictive mindset even if you're not like actively intermittent fasting in some form, I find people often are somewhere like skipping a meal here or there. And you just, it becomes so normalized that you forget you can even eat three meals and snacks without like gaining weight or something. Like I yeah. used to think I, I couldn't, like I would have to, one of them would have to be like a small smoothie or something. Otherwise I'd be like, no, I'm going to gain weight. But I see time and time again that it like helps so much. But when you first if I just tell someone straight off the bat, like, oh, just eat three meals and three snacks. And like, there's so much lack of safety and trust in yourself and everything. That's just way too scary. So that's, I think that's why I kind of, in the 30 days, it's, it's not even near the start. I think that I said that no. it's like midway or something. Yeah. yeah it's just so. to like get everyone feeling 
more safe, build up that sense of trust. And then it's like, okay, now go eat girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, like with restricting or even just diet culture in general, like snacks are so frowned upon. Yes. But it makes so much sense that if you're sitting hungry between like lunch and dinner, that you finally eat dinner, you're not going to feel fulfilled if you were hungry before, like extremely hungry before you even got there. So yeah, it's, it, snacks are (laughs) life-changing. It's just such a thing that I like cut out and, or I felt guilty if I did snack. And now it's like, no, like you can snack. And like I did before. I had an eating disorder. So it's something that like, yeah, it was all common knowledge and all the things you used to do. Like, I find it so silly when I say I'm mirroring my boyfriend's eating habits, because I'm like, how did I ever lose that? Mm. But relearning it has been awesome. Really? Yeah, right. It's so exciting. Like, (laughs) snacks are usually quite like fun foods as well. Like, that's where I get a lot of my like the chocolate and that stuff is like in my snacks. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's so exciting getting all that back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay, so those are like the three game-changing tools. How about any sort of like smaller wins that might not seem like the biggest, but still felt good for you? Yeah, these are like super funny to look back at. <laughs> <laughs> Just, it's so weird. But the I feel like something that's commonly associated with running and like training for a marathon is that like you find foods that work for you. Mm -hmm. And you eat the same thing all the time because you know, it works for your body. It works for your running, all of that stuff. But I definitely turn that into like, okay, I know this breakfast is 200 calories and I know this lunch is 200 calories, which Mm -hmm. like so low, (laughs) but (laughs) you guys, you can't see right now what she's like, how do you describe what you're doing? Facepalm basically. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so that was like one thing that I held on to is I was like, well, if I eat the same thing every day, then I know how many calories each meal are. And it was like so restrictive in like, I would only eat these meals during a week and I would only buy these groceries. So like after finishing the course and kind of developing more trust in myself, I remember one time I went to the grocery store and I just like, didn't make a list. I just went and got groceries and I got home and then I woke up the next morning and I opened the fridge and there was so much food which usually would be a cause for anxiety Mm -hmm. because I'd be worried about binging. Like I bought foods that I haven't bought in years. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so nice. Like I have all of these options and I don't have to eat it all today. I can eat it all over the next two weeks. And that was like something so, so funny. And another like grocery related thing is I, like I said, I do wedding cakes as a hobby Mm -hmm. and I'm making like treats for Christmas. And I had to go to the store and buy white chocolate chips. And it's like the only thing I had to buy. And I walked by them and they were on sale. And without even thinking, it was like three for nine. So I grabbed three bags and I got Mm. home and they were sitting on my counter. And I looked over and I was like, holy crap, I bought three bags of chocolate chips, (laughs) which were a common binge food before. Wow. And they've been sitting in my cupboard for weeks now. And I, I don't think about them. I don't look at them. I have like no desire to binge on them. I've just been using them for baking, which is amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) That's so cool. It's actually, I'm even amazed that you have the hobby of like doing the cakes because in my binging days, I would have never, like, I couldn't trust myself around any baking stuff at all. Yeah, it's super weird 
like I kind of have it more as like a business mentality like I do my cakes they're like everything is you know like super clean and all of that stuff and my cake is done and then the issue would sometimes come up if there's like extra icing or like you know make cake pops there's extra cake pops but usually there isn't like I have a, I'm very frugal <laughs> so I have everything calculated like it takes this much for this type of cake or this much for this so it actually wasn't a really big issue with the binging mm-hmm. I mean sometimes definitely but not as much as like having chocolate in the house or or other things like that right so, right yeah cool I love all of those little wins yeah I feel like <laughs> sometimes we kind of diminish these these smaller things but actually they all sound pretty huge to me like the freedom of going to the grocery store and just buying whatever you want and diversifying your diet as well I was so the same like my diet was so limited yeah same breakfast same lunch usually dinner like a handful of different things and then I'd end up binging on also the same binge foods as well like same thing over and over and similar to you like I married my boyfriend as well when I first started dating and his diet is so diverse and he snacks a lot like right now in the kitchen there's like like 20 different snack foods and back in the day I would have just been terrified of this and now I just don't even care it's just like whatever it's amazing yeah it's such a huge like change that is super noticeable like it's not Mm -hmm. something that I feel like can kind of ease in and you don't notice so it's definitely a huge win yeah amazing so I'm sure as you know there's tons of other women out there struggling just as you were and feel so alone in it as well it's just like so much shame and secrecy so hopeless so what would you say to them what kind of advice would you give them yeah this is tough because I you know it's definitely kind of something that I've started to tell myself in healing so I mean I'd definitely say like you're perfect the way you are the idea of weight loss is so huge but it's not weight loss that's the key to solving your body image issues it's all internal work that you need to do and there's a Instagram account called I weigh and they talk about it's just like I mm-hmm. and then way and oh, it's oh, like wait I was I, in my yeah. head it's like w-a-y I was like well <laughs> no like wait right and so it's like it talks about like I weigh my career I weigh my success I weigh mm-hmm. my how hilarious I am or whatever so like you weigh more than a number on a scale people That's love so cool. you for who you are and not your size and lastly like your eating disorder is fault and I know it's so hard to open up and tell somebody or kind of name what you have and go get help but it's so huge to fight on your own and I think between like your loved ones or going to therapy or breeds courses it's there's so much out there that you just you have to reach out and you have to get help because it's Mm -hmm. too big and you can beat it eventually yeah do those things so yeah such encouraging words I love hearing from different people because I like always hear the same things like that I say all the time but it's cool to hear someone but definitely like those are things that I I sit and I tell myself now Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like talking to myself Mm -hmm. the advice that I would give to other people yeah amazing and what what are things that you might still be working on because obviously it's just a journey and it's probably not over after 30 days (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I wish. Right? <laughs> I think, I mean, still doing all the internal work and internal healing. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is to eventually throw away the scale. Mm-hmm. I I don't know when that will happen. I hope, I hope soon. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that like one of the biggest things that I struggled with, especially during the summer and being back around family and friends so much mm-hmm. at the lake was being my authentic self. Like I would come home and kind of put on this show that like everything is great. My Mm -hmm. life is awesome. Um, Not being my authentic self at all. And then that, I think it definitely fed into like coming back to the city and having this guilt around so many things, but also about like not being who I am and not sharing the struggles and the sadness and all of the things that I've been going through. So that's kind of, I would say those are still the Mm -hmm. main things, but Mm -hmm obviously so much more as well (laughs) yeah I think the authenticity part is sometimes overlooked but it's actually so important like I would binge from coming home from a day at work where I was not being my authentic self I was like putting on the mask of being this professional person and being serious at work and it was just tiring and then even like socially at work I wasn't being my true self and then I just want to get home and for some like reason but now I look back and I kind of see what it was but I just all I wanted to do was just go binge and it was just the authenticity part wasn't in place yeah what what I love about doing this business is like I can literally just be myself and wear whatever (laughs) I want do whatever I want oh (laughs) totally (laughs) yeah it's a game changer for sure yeah and so going forward how do you plan to prioritize that healing and like take care of yourself I still definitely have a huge focus on journaling. Like it's something that was a part of my life before doing the course, but not daily. And I think that it's really important for me to sit down every day and still dedicate like a little bit of time in the evening to myself and kind of assessing where I'm at and thinking about my emotions and all of that stuff. So Mm -hmm. journaling is still going to be a huge part of it. I'm repeating the course. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to just restart and I'm on day five. <laughs> so going through some of the, even just the readings, like I'm picking up different things this time around that I didn't pick up yeah. the first time and same with the meditations. Mm-hmm. Um, I still, I have like alarms in my phone for joy spotting. I still mm-hmm. do the breath work after the walks with my dog, positive self-talk, all of those things. Um, my therapist is back part-time mm-hmm. she has this newborn baby so I'm still meeting with her every couple weeks and kind of tackling all other issues and um, no more calorie counting eating what I want being free with food losing the stress around food and just continuing to do the things that I love and and trying to get over this eating disorder so amazing I love it. I love love that you're reading the course (laughs) because I could so see how the second time around different things would come up especially around concepts like I feel like some of the earlier stuff where it was it was quite like emotional at the start I feel like that stuff you could probably get more out of it on the second time yeah yeah even with like the some of the inner child work and stuff Mm, like yeah thinking back I come up with like different versions of like an inner child that I'm like yeah. oh I totally forgot about her like mm-hmm. you know kind of going back so it's really addressing like those deep rooted issues that you know as an adult you have the power to 
solve or at least yeah. address. So yeah, yeah, it's been quite different this time. Mm-hmm. I love inner child stuff. It's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Some of the yeah. biggest revelations for sure. yeah sometimes I just have people DM me they're like I think because it's day five they're like I just did inner child day five I'm crying (laughs) like people (laughs) cry all the time with inner child stuff (laughs) I remember seeing that in your reviews and I was like holy crap day five we're going that hard (laughs) (laughs) I just dive right in (laughs) yeah I love that stuff I'm always like trying to think of different inner children or inner child versions of me but the strongest one is just I always come back to this five-year-old self who was like she wanted to be like the entertainer and like do dances for my family and like sing and stuff but then she was also so shy and not confident and I always have this picture of her like flushed red from doing a performance and like crying and someone's trying to reassure her but she's just like it sounds so like terrible I actually had a great childhood but (laughs) it was just this image I have of her and it's I feel like having a great childhood like I I always say that as well but there's still like certain things that come up anyway like I think you can have the most incredible parents and the most amazing childhood and all of these experiences but there's still things that fall through the cracks Definitely. I mean, nobody's perfect. So yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, I saw yesterday somewhere on Instagram, and um, they were saying, "Yes, you can have." Actually, it's TikTok. <laughs> you can have a great childhood and great parents and everything, but and nothing traumatic or what you think is like you know a big trauma happens. But even like trauma is just your nervous system, like the way it perceives something, and it like it it sends into that fight or flight mode, and it kind of sticks. So for me, like those moments of going up and having to perform when I didn't want to in front of everyone, I can imagine like my nervous system was like, oh my God, this is terrifying. And like that stuck. And therefore public fear of public speaking in adulthood. (laughs) What a great job you've got into now. (laughs) Actually, it has been a confronting thing. Like I've had to confront it, which is- That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Okay, well, it was- absolutely a pleasure to have you here and to hear so much about your experience and to actually meet you not in just chatting the dms and get to know you a bit better um let us know where we can find you if anyone sort of really wants to chat to you and heard something in your story that really resonated yeah absolutely and i'm totally open to that too um i'm on instagram uh, my name is kind of hard so I'll get I'll spell it I guess I'll put it in the show notes I'll put it in the show sure notes. yeah it's at Alex Chevelle and then if anyone's curious about my cakes I have a yes. cake on page two that's cakes by Alex Love so that. yeah yeah awesome. well thank yeah. you so much thank you for having me it was so nice to get to talk to you and I feel like I owe you so much for the course and like how much it changed my life and how much better things are going right now. Like you're really doing incredible work. And I'm Thank so much that I came across your account. For real. Please keep doing reels. I love them so much. I'm dedicated to them. They actually make me so happy to do like it's really fun. So I'm like, why not? Oh, they're so good. I love it. Amazing. Well, thank you. And I guess I'll see you in the DMs sometime. I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. 
If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood or even their life. Be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at, at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, one-to-one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.